Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This service is from January 28th, 2024, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. If you like this podcast and would like to hear more, please like and subscribe to our channel to get more podcasts when they're available. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. First reading is from Deuteronomy 18, beginning at the 15th verse. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet will die. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians 8, beginning at the first verse. Now concerning food sacrifice to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things are and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess this knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. 
and the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I invite you to join with me now in a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for another day, for the gift of this day, and especially for the gift of your son Jesus who has come into our world to share our humanity, to shine as a light in the midst of our darkness, to reveal your kingdom, to proclaim it, and to realize that kingdom in each of us. Help us to see that and to know that, to receive that each day. Help us to reflect that as your church in everything that we do and say. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, amen. So I wanted to focus on that question that Jesus got confronted with in the gospel reading. Have you come to destroy us? Have you come to destroy us? One of my spiritual mentors from early in my ministry made an observation once that has proven very insightful over the years, that people tend to use God conveniently. People tend to use God conveniently. Our relationship with God is often based on personal needs and concerns, so much that we may not even realize the extent to which we employ God to justify them. And yet there are moments when this facade is exposed, where personal agendas and obfuscation give way to the stark clarity of your utter reliance on God's grace. In today's first reading, Moses recalled the people's direct experience of God at Horeb when they were given the law, how God's appearance and voice were more than anyone could bear. When you come face to face with God, there are no more excuses or games. Only the terrible exposure of your accountability before the author and the basis of all. Religion is a sort of container that we build around that, around this rather stark, unbearable clarity, tempering it somewhat, but never dismissing each person's responsibility. And when religion begins to obscure this primary relationship, God's word must cut through to address the heart of the matter, to address you and me. And what you hear depends on your perspective, whether this represents a hopeful new beginning or the destruction of whatever your heart is clinging to at the moment. 
The immediate reaction that confronted Jesus in the synagogue reflects the question of our response for this time and for this place. So your reaction can say a lot about what defines you, about what is most important to you and who you are. Mark's gospel begins with Jesus' identity and mission being affirmed by God, but then being immediately tested in the wilderness as he was driven out into the wilderness where he's tested by Satan, after which he came back and called his disciples and began his ministry of teaching. But it didn't take long for God's anointed messenger to encounter more pushback as he invited people to repent and to believe the good news. There was authority to Jesus' teaching that both astounded and provoked, exposing whatever ran counter to God's justice and truth. Mark portrayed for us a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, an evocative description of forces at work among us that don't reflect God's gracious will or the agenda of God's kingdom that Jesus embodied and proclaimed. There are toxic spirits alive and well in our own time, reflected in the disturbing prevalence of things like personal attacks, outright lies, and corrupt behavior that seem to pervade almost every aspect of our public life. Of course, those are things that have always been with us, but they appear to be increasingly accepted as normal modes of discourse, just the way that the world is. A recent troubling illustration of this is the dismissal by some who identify as Christian of Jesus' own words in the Sermon on the Mount as being weak or ineffective. This is not about debating the merits of differing points of view, but simply dismissing anything that doesn't align with your own outlook. The unclean spirit asked Jesus, have you come to destroy us? Reflecting a reactionary posture, hostile to God's redemptive work. The spirit also immediately recognized Jesus' true identity and authority as the Holy One of God, and also the threat that this represented to business as usual. What merely amazed or astounded the crowds was a direct confrontation with the powers of evil that those powers clearly understood. To follow Jesus is to recognize God speaking to you through his words and his actions and to wrestle with what this represents for your own allegiance and your own life's priorities. Church, you cannot serve two masters. And Jesus' authority extends even to the unclean spirits that would otherwise direct and influence you they may struggle mightily to set the course of our common life, but church, they cannot prevail over what God and Jesus Christ is accomplishing in you and what he would share with you and say about you. 
God's word to you is bad news for all the powers of evil. But it is good news, church, for a new creation that you are daily invited to partake of and to share. Today's second reading offered a compelling illustration of what this looks like in our common life. To a community that was divided over conscience-binding questions of food, of what food was okay or not okay to eat, Paul turned their attention back to God's love active in each person and reflected in our care of our neighbor. The details may be different for us, but there's a lesson here about how to proceed amid what would otherwise threaten to divide us and set us against one another. Whether images of Jesus or questions of inclusion, matters of policy or disagreements in our common life, you and I are daily invited to receive God's promise of love that conquers sin and death and to practice it in our relationships to each other, beholding its authority over evil and the wonder of its gift of life. Amen.